What's going on, hey. everyone? And welcome to another episode hey. of Carbonite hey, ABS. Hello, <laughs> oh, Internet. That's right. Mm-hmm. And future ABC viewers. All right. right. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to welcome to all new viewers uh, to our show, welcome Carbonite Bound right? Yeah. Yeah. Big big news for for the stuff for the Disney fans. I mean, Bob Iger's back. Um, we can probably discuss the ramifications of that on another show as we uh, wrap up um, this, which will be our finale to season one of Andor. So episode 12, Rick's Road, or as we call it, the season one finale. So um, before we even get into this, which is there's going to be a lot to discuss, so we want to maximize our time, let's let our guy DP let you guys know where to find us at. All right, nerdsarchopedia.com, people. Go on that website. You will find us on your favorite platform, social social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also TikTok at Nerdsarchopedia. Um, make sure you listen to our uh, podcast and subscribe to the podcast on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. Um, if you're catching us on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you hit that subscribe and notification button so anytime that we're on, you know that we're on. Um, if you're on Facebook, thank you for watching us live there. Uh, we are also have a group called Carbonite Bounty BS, the Star Wars group. So we um, have your favorite memes. Um, you know, talk about Star Wars, of course. Um, all the latest series, all the latest gossip and stuff. So you know, we like the chatter and stuff on there. Um, make sure that you are hitting us up on um, our email. Um, nerds at nerdcyclopedia.com where we get the feedback from you and also give it right back to you. All right. So that's a beautiful thing. Oh, good stuff. Why would I always I, I the, the theme of thieves Kickstarter issue three is out right now. Your boy has been interviewing, you know, your boy has been trying to, to get the promotion going and everything. Um, we're in like the dead zone. So, you know, it's like that woo period that makes you like a little nervous, but we're still on track. We're still on like 63% to go. So make sure that you guys are going on to um, uh, Kickstarter, hitting up the theme of thieves. Um, and also going to our website, theme where you can also get the link as well. Uh, make sure you contribute to um, Kickstarter. If you like a good time travel mystery comic. Good stuff, good stuff, and yeah, I mean, we we've said this the last couple, but definitely, um, please support DP. It's something that's uh, near and dear to him, and it's good content. So uh, we appreciate it, the love, the love from everybody gives him. But yeah, guys, I mean, where do we start? You know, we've we've completed our perfect season as we talked off camera. You know, seventy two dolphins are shaking. I mean, we, <laughs> they're they're high. You know, they can't burn the champagne. You know, I mean, it's just a sad sad deal for them. It's it's perfect it's, season. It's crazy. Never thought it would come, but it, it, it has, you know, come to fruition. And I mean, wow, what a way to end it. And then they even give us a little Marvel hint and we get a, a little bonus trailer as well. So uh, for those who haven't, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I almost skipped it, to be honest. When I saw how long it was, I just started fast forwarding. It was like, oh, what? What is this? I had to bring it back. But um, yeah, <laughs> we get a little uh, a little peek into uh, what's to come, I guess, in the season two. But uh you know, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. I think after like six episodes, I've said it, but um, I'm kind of at a loss of words. I really don't have much to say. It's really a, a reoccurring theme. It's perfection. So I don't really have an initial reaction. Um, we'll just start it off, I guess, with DP because yeah, there's nothing really to say. It's I, I, I was totally. Um, I said it off, you know, offline, you know, in chat and everything to the guys and stuff. I said I think I'm about to shed a tear because this is about to be like um, a perfect season here. You know, you 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 at the goal line. You see like the 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 winning touchdown about to happen. I mean, this this episode was just just great. 
it was um you know andor and all, all our characters just coming back to you know to back to the fold and everything on um you know um you know the, the planet and stuff um the the funeral oh my goodness gracious it reminded me it reminded me of game of thrones you know just in its atmosphere in its presence in its in its way and it's an ability to to take so many characters because Game of Thrones was very good at taking so many different personalities and not losing track of them, you know, still, um, you know, having them all relevant and then bringing it all together towards the end there, uh, which is what this episode has done. Give me a um, um, Deidre Cyril um, series or something. You got to do something <laughs> with these cats, you know, it's, it, they're, they're too, they're Bobby dynamic is just like, <laughs> Ooh, electric electric you know um it, it, anyway um I, I i love like you know cassian coming back you know saving um bix um you know the the speech you know his mom gave and post you know post posthumously and everything through like the the droid oh my god having a droid carry that you know and actually you know um do that in the middle of the thing and then her just motivating the crowd you know to 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 fight Oh my goodness! I mean, this is it's it's all you can ask for in a season finale that had the stakes of the whole season just raised up until this point. It all came down to this, and it was a it was a hell of a way to end a season to me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Hitch? Man, this this episode <clears throat> hit me right in the feels in a couple spots. I, I thought that the line, you know, I I love you more than anything you could do wrong really kicked me in the feels. And then when he said, and when at the end, when, uh, when Cassian said, uh, I'll find you that really, that really got to me. Uh, I, I just thought that, th- that this episode was structured so well, and it's such a great answer to last week. And I think that, uh, now that we've seen this set, we can say last week is a 10 out of 10 as well. Like you're saying, perfect season. Uh, if this was this is the finale like you've seen an opera or like you've seen a musical where you have the reprieves uh the reprieves from last week where you enter all the things that are going to factor into the end and then man what a what a master class in rationing up the tension and you know there are very few characters in this series that have plot armor because none of them factor into the rest of uh of the star wars and it's the same trick that they played with um expectations with Andor during rogue one because you didn't you had no idea who this guy was nothing could anything could happen to this person at any time i uh, i think it was novel how they took most of the jeopardy and placed it away from from Andor. Andor was really sort of not the focus i mean it's the focus of the search but not the focus of the danger i thought this was an in- incredibly good use of chekhov's pipe bomb <laughs> I, I thought that was so you know having that, that start out that way was such a really great framing device because you know we've talked about that narrative device on the show so many times Chekhov's going you show me a pipe bomb and you show me an angry person looking at a picture of his like dead dad I think <laughs> that's pretty much what that is that the Empire kill like you know that motivation is going to you know that's going to happen and I thought they got so much literal bang for their buck there um, just really really excellent uh, I, I enjoyed so I enjoyed so many things about this episode. I just kind of want to turn it over to, you know, uh, to Kenny and see what, <laughs> kind of right, see what he yeah. thinks. Honestly, so the, probably the best 
season finale I've ever seen of any show ever. I mean, it, it, the reason I say that is most times when I when when you watch a, a like a, a season finale, you're like, oh, you want you want more. But yes, I do want more. But this yeah. tied it up. Yeah. This gave me everything I wanted. Literally everything that I, all the questions and all the different things that I've been sort of wanting to see. This did it. So we've all talked about the funeral scene. Oh, the probably the most. For a number of reasons, this is the, the greatest scene in, in, in the show because basically what did the Empire do? The Empire said you could you could go at this time, you could have half the street, and you could have 30 people. What did they do? They went when they wanted to. They took the entire town, and they used the <laughs> entire city as the funeral. Okay, those are three important things. I mean, they really gave the upright galactic middle finger to the Empire. Oh, yeah. In a very peaceful way. Yeah. Then we had Marva's speech. So what what did she say? What did she do? She actually started the rebellion. This was the spark. This was the first time we actually saw civilians, just people, no weapons, nothing, just fighting back against this machine that's not visiting anymore. They're there to stay. And her speech was so impactful. I mean... Actually, watched just that scene a couple times because her words were so well crafted, and I don't think I think people respected her when she was alive, but I think they she's going to now be a martyr. She's now going to be a, a symbol going forward in this new rebellion that we saw. Uh, the fact that her son had to watch from you know hiding, I mean that that was sad. That kind of plucked the heartstrings for me. Um, but loved that whole scene. Loved how the the riot ensued with the pipe bomb and how, and the, and the vigor that they fought back. Um, I'd also like to give a nod to the soundtrack in this one too, because although we've all talked about, we love this, the, the scoring that, that is done in this, this one really had some great tension elements to it that really kind of up the, up the bar quite a bit. Um, everything was spot on. There wasn't really any, any critique. Um, I was a little taken aback that, Mon actually gave her daughter uh, to this thug's son in return for money laundering. But I understand why it had to happen. And I, I and I know why she denied it at first. But then I think with the I think with her, uh, she started to think, well, you know what? I got to do this because my husband's a gambling asshole and he's taking all the money that we know have and losing it on Coruscant, I've got to get the cash back somehow. I've got to get the cash flowing again for this rebellion. And then the one question that I had, what on earth are they making in that prison? Why is it so important? Why is it so important? Oh, they're not going to answer. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> it's, so, it's great to say, to see that Ander was making parts to the weapon that will eventually kill him, but he uploaded plans to have it destroyed. So it's a real, I mean, Ander and the Death Star are like yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Like they are connected now yeah. in history as he's the creator and the destroyer, also a victim. Mm -hmm. So how many times do you have you know, an adversary of yours where, well, we helped the adversary, then we we were destroyed by it. But 
we killed it. Yeah. We eventually killed it. So I mean, there were so many really cool things and moments and and Luther and him at the end and well, do you think he's going to take him in like a like an apprentice? I mean, it's like a it's like a faux hanger, right? Because we know he's not going to shoot him. <laughs> like we at least not shoot him. It's a yeah, a faux hanger. I like that. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> I guess. All right. Everything I say could literally be a ripoff. I don't remember ripping, so don't 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 take that coinage to the bank. It, it bounces sometimes. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of checkoffs in here, you know. <laughs> Checkoff and bounces. You know, for, for the series and stuff. You know, you you plan it. It's going to come back somewhere, somehow, some way. You know, so whatever they was making in prison. I mean, it was basically called out the Death Star, you know. Yeah, right? It was it was just called out that that's what they were making. So I don't think that was any like clear secret, you know. But it was just a cool thing to see actually being played out almost in like real time. Oh, there there have pieces to like the Death Star, and then to see you know that that post credit scene is this like the first post credit scene in Star Wars history, you know. Um, I mean, besides, mm. no, okay, we know we had that one in Mandalorian at the end with Boba. Fett. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there was one, yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, so this was really uh, a lot, a, a really impactful, um, in the way it just rounded itself back out. Okay, it just reminded you, okay, we watched like a grounded, sort of like realistic Star Wars series to a degree, but then we came back to Star Wars, you know. Mm. Yeah, this is Star Wars at the end of the day. The Death Star, you know, yeah, this is Star Wars, people. You know, let's not, you know, forget, you know, where we're going to be headed to. Um, and I think the joy in, in, in just watching this series is, is the whole journey of it. We know Andor has plot armor up until, you know, uh, Rogue One. So <coughs> but to see him and to see the characters, um, the thing with Mon Mothma is um, I, I know what you're saying, Ken. Um, but it's 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 like wow, you know, it's the, the decisions she has to make in order to clear her deck and the sacrifices that she has to make in order to 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 lead, you know, to to care for the rebellion. Yeah, mm -hmm. and she, she has to make those she has to make those sacrifices because she's surrounded by criminals. Mm -hmm. She's surrounded by the worst people. Uh, that, what's that, the line? What's the line between a criminal and a and a and a rebel? against a, a tyrant you know you how who draws that line i mean that, that that's gonna blur a lot you know uh ken i think when you really get down to it it's hard to tell when you know if i'm if i'm robbing a bank right and it's for me then i'm just a bank robber but if i'm robbing a bank because i want to finance some crazy you know, I don't know, weather controlled device, then I'm a terrorist. Like it's a, you know what I mean? There's a, <laughs> there's a line there and it's hard to say where that is. And you're going to get a little bit of your uh, chocolate and my peanut butter. I think if you're underneath the radar and you're trying to do things in the black market, um, I think that's kind of part and parcel with the territory. But what's interesting is that Moth Mon Mothma has isolated herself um by giving basically her daughter away for the laundering and then burning her husband for the cover for that same money laundering. Right. Um, I mean, you know, this would be like if, you know, you were like, if you were a spy and you were running around town at night and you, your spouse caught you. And so you basically said, I'm having an affair. 
to cover your spying. You know what I mean? It's so you, you, up the, you up the Annie on yeah, the crime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead yeah, of it just being, come up with the most unbelievable lie yeah. to right. cover, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and making it the type of thing that you would like. What's what's genius about this is it's exactly the type of thing a senator wouldn't want anyone knowing about. And so it's exactly the type of thing that a senator would have to do something creepy, like sell their daughter um, into well, you know real fundamentalist the, slavery. They, they, they look like they dug each other, though. I mean, they, they, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, maybe it works I'm, out. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah she, maybe it works out. Not, she's not exactly bored or you know ha unhappy about it, but they did some great character development with Mom Motham based on her origins and her story and her being actually you know put into um you know into like a marriage and everything unwillingly or whatever so she's more or less playing out her her childhood you know um the she's same way with her daughter so yeah. this is all she knows so okay if, if it was done with me and i came out okay to a degree you know um this is what i'm going to do with my daughter you know um, but these sorts of relations this isn't you know we shouldn't talk about this like it's hypothetical and you know, it's, there's not this stuff isn't going on in 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 our world. And I think it's important to remember that for a, a huge hunk of the global population, they're essentially either emerging one generation away from you know arranged marriages, mm -hmm. or that's still something that's going on for you know uh, for cultural reasons. And we and, and there's shows about it on Netflix. You know, Indian matchmaking is all about this exact situation right. not not exactly with minors it's not the, so let me just make sure i'm not making a moral equivalency with this what's being portrayed here mm -hmm. but it, it's a similar type of situation where before there was a more traditional um generation and now i think that there's more um you know almost western style dating where you're kind of looking for a partner and it's not a it's not been outsourced to your parents right mm -hmm. so that's a big difference difference that's going on in specifically you know indian cultures right now and uh a lot of like the indian immigrant communities in america i think it's second for second generation indians it's something they're going through now and it, it's interesting to see that portrayed um in star wars it's not the sort of thing that you would normally think star wars is 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 looking to show you being an american very you know conceived as in a very american very you know <clears throat> 1930s white Hollywood <laughs> property. I mean, that's, right? the, the, that's the Disney brand and everything. So it's mm -hmm. sort of like going outside the brand. I, I just think it's I just think it's interesting to see that they're they're bringing in the cultural influences from around the globe yeah, to portray man. depth in the galactic society, and I think that that's a really smart move because it it brings a lot of unspoken baggage that we don't have to be we don't have to be read into all the ways that you know. Um, this is going to affect mom, her daughter. We don't have, we understand because we see it. Right. right? And I think that's a very interesting shorthand. And some of the, some of what makes that sizzle. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> really and, and I still feel, I mean, I hear what you're saying and, and it is something that happens, but I mean, we have, also have to remember bond was really against this. I mean, mm -hmm. he, she would have thrown, I forget what his name is. She would have thrown him out the window because of the suggestion. And the fact that that was the only, that that was the solution that he was willing to offer her, um, you know, and then even in her face during that scene, you could tell she was in duress. Like this was the last, this was her last hope that, that she had needed to do this in order to 
get this money squared away because the ISB were look was they were investigating her and they were getting closer and closer. And with the shenanigans that her husband was doing, it was only bringing more more focus on her and her family and their money. So what I, what I a find big thing. What I find so fascinating is the fact that of, of the choice that she has to make, which is like two bad choices, you know, on her end, um, her family or the rebellion, you know, in which the extension is like, you know, defeating the empire. That means the empire, whatever they're doing has to be so bad, mm-hmm. so bad that she has to make that choice to sacrifice her daughter. And I mean, that's what did they do? The Empire wiped out that entire planet to, to get rid of that. They what they murdered hundreds of thousands of yes. people. Yes. Yes. Terrible. I mean, all, all, all the weight is like on her shoulders. You know what? I gotta I, I guess it's maybe akin to um, you know, uh maybe soldiers going off to war to a degree, you know. I mean, they don't have to go, you know, they could stay, you know, with their families and stuff, but some, you know, some have a calling. To go fight for their countries and stuff, you know, she made a sacrifice, you know, um, and this is the decision that she had to make because she just sees like, you know, this 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 thing that's just happening and growing, and you know, that's a dope um, um, thing that you got there. Team. That's, that's, team, that's team Mitch's. That, that's what he really looks like. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> he is going to change people. Um, oh man. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. I mean, um, and and the, with this episode, they only spent so much time on her. You know, mm-hmm. um, majority of the time was like you know right there in in, in Ferrix and everything. Um, mm-hmm. It's um, but it's it's her her complex decision making is amazing, and I expect to see a lot more of that. Her, uh, her the aftermath of all this, um, you know, next season. And we would definitely watch a hundred percent a Mon Mothma series. Based oh. on the strength of her appearance in this season alone. Oh, hey. oh, hey. Yeah, they could call it Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Just remake I mean, the same thing over and over. Yeah. I mean, but there there were so many pieces, I think, in this episode that like made it like great. I mean, you know, the fact that he, he does return, but not only does he return, but I mean he he pays off everything he owes, right? He makes sure that the people who are close to him are taken care of. He basically, you know, has an escape mission for them, right? So you see them all getting, you know, loaded on the ship, as you said. He gets his droid out of there, you know, and they get it out of there under the Empire's eye, which is crazy in, in itself, right? So now not only is Deidre basically failed her, her mission, her security briefing, right? She lost all her evidence. So, I mean, take about talk about taking that back, you know, to, to her uh, – yeah, I, I think she's. I think we're going to see a separate timeline for her because I don't think I don't think she's going to go back. She it's going to be can't. No, she'll probably be hung. I mean, this is our this was our one kind of chance, and he kind of alluded to that when she asked multiple times, "Wasn't she? Why, why wasn't she briefed?" Right. Mm-hmm. So she's already kind of losing her way, and it seems like yep. the director there uh, might have his eye on somebody else. You know that you know the big. Um, you know, kamikaze decoy mission that they feel that you know might be the you know something that might appease the emperor so to speak you know they've had this this whole kind of um mask that they've caught the the people from ferrix or or whatever um uh so it, it, it was different you know the, the whole episode i think i mean it was to me i just couldn't understand 
how they can do something like this. And then the way it ended, right? We talk about like how Star Wars kind of like when it ends, it like leaves you with that like that debate, right? Of it can be this or it can be that. I mean, this show is, was had a linear ending, right? We know where we're mm-hmm. going. You know, it's not like that whole like we have to make these theories up of what's going to happen. I really like the way this episode ended because it doesn't leave you up for like, well, what about you know the Boba Fett or we have to yeah. draw in these character conclusions? Right. Right. It made it a good linear story that now we can continue following. So I really like that. Yeah, and, and I like Boba that. Fett's still in that back to tank right now. Yeah. <laughs> you can come back to that back to bag if they want. And how about Ander? Like they're building him. Like, did he not like point blank shoot a human in the chest? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he 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 has yeah. done that. He did that several times in this series, and he does it in the first ten minutes of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we don't know. We don't know what. Yeah, you know, we know in this in this story why he did it, but he's got some anger in him. Like he's he's super angry and it takes a lot to to not just knock a person out but i mean he's he's losing everything he's losing marva i'm i'm sort of thinking okay we're not going to see bix anymore this series you know um it's only two seasons everybody can't make it to the end there you know (laughs) you know everybody doesn't make it to rogue one (laughs) (laughs) you know um, are we going to get introduced to like what, what's her name? Jen? Um, is, Jen is she going to end up? Yeah, is she going to end up coming in? Um, I think we'll know. Jen's, we'll, Jen's too young. You'll see her dad, yeah. Galen. Yeah, I think we'll okay, see. Okay. Galen. Oh, okay, okay. Galen okay, okay, will okay. definitely be in there. Okay. Because this is uh, this is roughly five years before Rogue One. Before that. So okay. Jen is probably still with um, Saw. So if we go to Saw, it's possible we can see Jen, right? Mm-hmm. We could, yeah. I mean, it's a five-year timeline, so I'm guessing she's I mean, not like an adult. Teen- she's not like a teenager. An adult. Yeah, she'd be a teenager. She could wander into frame. She'd be about the same age as Mon Mon Mon's kid is probably about the same age as Janersa, right? Probably, like 19, yeah, 19, 20-ish yeah. by the time Rogue One hits. It'd be more fun to see uh, Galen, like, programming oh. the, the weakness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get some Mads Mickelson <laughs> in the screen time. Watching him just no, talk no. over everybody, just like, oh, no, no, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you guys don't understand my, my Death Star. I love, I, I know we, we talked already about this uh, before we move on to uh, Ferrix. I want to bring this up about, about what's awesome about that Death Star looming there in the future. Is it, it's, so, it, it, it's so interesting because how Rogue One opens and they're putting that, they're putting that uh, dome or that dish, sitting that into the uh, Death Star. And here you see it all disassembled. Um, right. Did any of you guys ever play the video game uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask? Yeah. No. Uh-uh. All right. Thank God, Trent. I was really hoping you... <laughs> you're gonna. You know, it's gonna be. A... So you know how the moon is gonna like fall. And Majora's Mask, you have three days, and at the end of the third day, the moon is gonna crash into the earth, right? Yeah. And so what happens as like time goes closer to that event, the moon gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? So it's just looming there, like this inevitable thing. And I love that that's essentially what they're doing with the Death Star. And we see it all like um, disassembled in detail. And you can tell they're just going to move it toward, you know, it's almost going to function like a Death Star clock. (laughs) As we get closer, we'll see where where that construction is. And we'll know how close we are to the events of Rogue One. It's almost going to be a function like a shorthand. So they've made the Death Star a clock. I think that's crazy neat. Sorry. 
<laughs> a great reference. I remember that. I remember the gold cartridge. So it's, yeah, takes takes us back. Takes us back to time. Song of time. N64. Better play the song of time. Watch out. But, right. I mean, yeah, as, as we talk about moving it to, as you said, um, really, yeah, mm. Ferrix. I mean, what, what a, I mean, what a way to end the episode and really what a way to bring it really full circle. Right. I mean, we hear of really, um, the daughters of Ferrix and kind of, um, you know, almost like a sisterhood, you know, type of, um, you know, I guess following we'll say, uh, so a sisterhood following and and really what it meant to them and what she meant to them. And I mean, in her speech, she says, do really don't look at me as a daughter of Ferrix, but she really, you know, as our name Marva, really, she becomes a martyr of the, the spark to the rebellion. Right. So it, it was kind of cool that, you know, her, her monologue was was really about no, don't remember me just as this, but really kind of um, giving that speech. Right. That motivational talk of the people to to let them know, but in, I like the way she kind of slyly started it. So as you saw the Empire and everybody standing back, there were really like kind of undertones. That It was funny because like they guys have to be stupid because she was literally like basically saying it, but it didn't hit them until she said the Empire that the guy like got pissed. So I'm sitting there like, man, these guys are like dumb because he's literally telling them backhandedly like who was really there and what's going on. And the guys are just yeah. standing there like, yeah. hmm. Yeah. Well, it, I, yeah. I, I, I guess I guess in that that in that situation i can't really speculate on the empire's thinking and everything mm, but maybe right. they're just thinking um maybe they're just not focused on that they're so false so hyper focused yeah. on yeah. um defending their territory yeah, right yeah, right and remember these guys were just installed there this yes. this person yes. just took over and they had this specific security plan mm. is to capture this one person mm -hmm. and this was this was the event that they were going to get him and they didn't have him they couldn't find him so well, he, they yeah. weren't really the empire at this point they were just soldiers carrying out one mission so i don't think they really listened to the speech really much until she started to you know say empire. fight those bastards yeah. you know and that was it and the uh what was it? What was his name? Case uh, Kesik Kesik said, "Enough of this!" And yeah, to get in there, and that started the whole thing. That was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but even even though if we don't really call this a direct empire, really it's just a uh, um, an imperial force, basically that the empire will soon to take over. It just goes to show, as we talk about in the season, right? How these warriors really aren't ready for combat. I mean. Mm -hmm. They have shields. I mean, they get ran over by civilians with no weapons. So, Run over. I mean, yeah. it's just it shows you the stakes wow. of really what this is and how, I mean, you know, untrained they are. You know, it's 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 really telling. At least the stormtroopers actually shot and hit people. So and hit people. It, 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 they didn't make a people. lot of these people. Weren't, these weren't they were on it. Troopers. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, they were on it. Yeah. This. Uh, this situation, I, I, you know, Mike Duncan's podcast Revolutions just, I mean, it's just ending right now. And he has kind of tracked, you know, through the different revolutions from the English Civil War to the Russian Revolution. And this scene is so reminiscent of a scene out of the Russian Revolution, which, you know, the, the Tsar had to advocate because of the February Revolution, which happened on International Women's Day. There was a women's led protest. You know, the day was so nice that the crowd was like five or ten times bigger than anyone thought they would get. And then when the streets decided that they were going to go, right? The mob was able to overcome the forces of the emperor uh, that were out in the street. 
And it's interesting because these guys are laying in wait for Cassian and they think they're springing a trap, but they are blind mm -hmm. to the real danger that's standing right in front of them, which mm -hmm. is this, you know, the people. And when there's a final struggle between the sovereign and the people for who possesses a preponderance of force, you know, if the people enough of the people decide that it's the people, the people usually win. Always. Uh, mm -hmm. Always. But now things don't usually get to that point. It's very rare that the sovereign loses because usually this protest doesn't get to this critical mass. Right. Yeah. But effectively what, what happened is the M the empire had all these resources that they pooled and put in one place. And because they felt they were, they had, top-down control over the situation like they did with Krieger, right? They thought that they knew more than, mm -hmm. than Andor did. They thought they were springing a trap and they got a, a trap sprung on them. Right. I mean, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, hindsight that do you think, I mean, the daughters of Ferris might not have knew this, but as it laid out, do you really, do you think that, I mean, the people close to Andor really just sprung this as a cover? They knew he was there, right? So do you think, I mean, to me, it was like a back end kind of like escape mission. Once they mm -hmm. knew he was there, the whole the idea of the funeral changed. They had, like you said, the mass confusion to get the main characters out. I mean, because the idea was to just get Bix, right? So <laughs> it became basically a big distraction. You know, he sneaks in the back door, doesn't even really get touched by the Empire, yeah. and then slides out. Nobody. Yeah, right? <clears throat> so to me, it almost became like once once the characters... I mean, the kid with the pipe, almost we said, um, uh, the black guy who was like, uh, I guess, a double agent to some extent, but he didn't really show true colors to the end. Yeah, he was informant. So he really informant. shows true colors. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy that goes to the rally and he's like, "Let's break everything." And you're like, well, he, ah, got got he, got his, he got his in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking what what you're saying there, um, T. Mitch. It's, it seemed like a whole right, like it, right it was planned. It's, it's a big plot convenience, you know. Right. But Perfect. at the same time, and you can you can take it because it's sort of like coincidence happens to right. everything yeah. that this thing just happened to sprawl into what, what Ken said earlier. They they wanted, you know, you can have 30, but they decided to just do the whole right. thing, you know, take yeah. over the whole, you know, town and stuff. OK, so we'll go with that, you know, and he can, uh, Andor, you know, Andor can do everything that he needs to do under that under that cover and stuff so it's a perfect cover it, it was a perfect unrelated cover you know for him and everything so um yeah you're good good writing plot convenience and everything yeah. and they they just they just made it work and i i totally accepted it yeah mm -hmm. totally yeah, it was a very believable like i could see this yeah. happening it was mm -hmm. nothing that was like like you know fantasy about this these were these were workers these were you know just regular regular slobs just just living a life and then all of a sudden having to have a decision make a decision and really make a huge huge sacrifice i mean knowing that you you may not go home you know i mean they there was so much anger and i mean it was it, it, the scenes i really liked the scene these this got to give props to the editors here but when you saw the imperial's feet like being pushed back Mm -hmm. Those scenes were showed that struggle against tyranny, the right. the right against wrong, and right. what do you see these these trained guards with with shields that are impregnable? I mean, you could they would deflect blaster fire, and here just 
regular people are pushing them back and seeing their boots grind in the in the dirt. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was some great editing scenes. I mean, I love watching that over and over and over again. Yeah, great way to um to really you know depict that. Um, if Palpatine was deeply involved, none of that would none of this would have been. He would, he would have stomped out all this and everything because he sees everything just is coming and everything. So, but for them to rebellion to get a win there was very important for that. But the um, in credit scene reminds us all how 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 mighty the empire is. You know, at the end of the day, how strong Palpatine's role is um, in in making the Death Star happen. You know, mm -hmm. um, destroying planets and stuff. Because when you get to that point where you're destroying planets, you're really striking fear into people to not do anything at all until you get a, a guy with a magic wand, you know, to, to come and save the day. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was, I, th I thought I was going to see Palpatine in the series because they dropped his name a few times. Um, yeah. And I was kind of hoping, okay, maybe that's Chekhov's Palpatine and everything. Maybe he would just appear somewhere. Chekhov's yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad he didn't, but maybe I wanted to see him a little pal, you know, a little palpy. You know, we may we may in the second season. And <laughs> hey, okay, you know what, all right. No, what's interesting? Okay, all right. Yeah. The, this this the other speech that I liked um, that that Ander was listening to on his on his walkie-talkie. Uh, Nemix mm. was talking about tyranny and how you shouldn't be afraid of it because it's weak and it's it's full of fear because the more it strikes, the more it breaks and the more it leaks. And that's, and we hear that through the saga. And I'm talking like my, my generation, Star Wars, where, yeah. you know, Leia confronts Tarkin and says that exact same thing. Mm -hmm. The tighter your grip, the more systems will slip through your fingers. So, they may have this Death Star, and they may inflict pain and and sorrow and murder, but mm -hmm. that's not going to stop. That's not going to stop the rebellion. It's going to make it stronger, right? To the point where it's going to event. It's going to overcome. It's going to overcome, and it's going to do what it needs to do to to win. And and the more and and really, the Emperor would have been better off hanging back, maybe not being so 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 angry and so uh tyrannical maybe he could have maybe he could have actually extended the the reign of the empire a little bit he pulled himself back a little bit in control but i think this show is telling us the story of why that like building the death star is a choice they had to make and when they started doing it they needed to have more money and more labor and more control and they had to be tighter with everybody because they were stressing the economy of the galaxy to build this abomination to, right. to blow up planets. It's, 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 it's interesting. They've made this, they've made the death star an economic albatross. And, and it's, it's just such an interesting idea that like now Palpatine is, is stressing himself to try to build these things. And let's not forget, of course, you know, it's like, it's like that Jodie Foster movie contact, right? Why build one when you can build two for <laughs> twice as much price. money? Yeah. <laughs> Twice, <laughs> so the price. Twice, twice the price you get two and he's building two we know there's a second one so we know he's got that right. up his sleeve so you know it, it's it's interesting that they're portraying it this way because like you're you're right i think ken you're right if he had just been more gradual or just not as as tyrannical 
you know, he could have, he could have ruled for a lot longer, but once you make the decision to pivot and rule by fear, wow. you know, you're, you're forever does it dominate your destiny. You can't right. afford, you know, uh, Thomas Jefferson said this about slavery in the United States and the South. He said, you know, it's like holding a wolf by the ears. You don't like it, but you don't let go either. Right. That's what he said. And it's, and it's applicable here. I think. Yeah. I thought, um, DP, as you, as you kind of alluded to and, and Ken did as well, I thought the writers were brave, not showing Palpatine, not showing any really Jedi influence. I mean, they had the hints of the the Easter eggs, the kyber crystals, the the masks, and all the rel the relics and stuff. But I thought they were brave in the show, keeping really it true to this story of Andor. I mean, we've heard murmurs of Ahsoka maybe appearing in this at some point. Um, it was really street, right? It was, I mean, yeah, real street um, level. No, I mean, no fancy stuff. But, really. it, 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 but it was really easy if you think about it to really put him in there because of the timeline, right? Ahsoka yeah, is a Jedi on the run. He could cross. Yeah. Right. Um, is she fulcrum he, right now? Um, is geez. that happening like at the same time? I'm, my thinking is that like, like what they're trying to do here is they have Marv on Ferrix and they have Ezra Bridger's transmission and yeah. they have all these different places where all of a sudden everywhere is hitting a critical point at once. Mm. And what's happening is the rebellion is popping off across the entire galaxy at the same time, because to, to Ken's point, the emperor has now started to clutch at trying to, to, you know, create the Death Star and keep people in line until that's done, mm -hmm. which is now T-minus, what, five years, four years. Yep. Four years yeah. now at the end oh, of season one. Four years at the end of this, yeah. But, I mean, the big the big smoking gun is everybody was was talking about is Cameron Monaghan's Cal Kestis. I mean, this is his literally his timeline. So they could have dropped this character anywhere into this. I mean, he's really an untrained Jedi, so to speak. So, I mean, it, it would have been easy for them to drop him in, and they didn't. And that's been like a murmur coming out for a while. I mean, he hasn't been working much. So the understanding is that somehow he's he has something, or Disney has something up their sleeve with his character. He's been on board saying, I mean, he wants to reprise him in a live action. So, I mean... I, I'm excited for season two. I mean, we kind of know where it's headed, but I mean, the fact that these 12 episodes of what they were and, and I mean, it kept me on the edge of my chair every episode. I, I never really knew, you know, what was going to happen. There was always that curveball, but it, it made sense. We've seen series that they've thrown curveballs and done things and you're like, it's a stretch. I don't think any part of this, any episode was a stretch. This is like, as we said, to the roots, grit, real crime. I mean, this is real to me. It's believable. This really wasn't like sci-fi, right? Other than the flying ships and whatnot, this is literally like something that I can envision happening in real life. Yeah, totally. Like uh, Wild Wild West. Correct, yeah. You could just see yeah. this happening on Earth. Mm -hmm. it, it, it reminded me of like some of the stuff that happened in Expanse Hitch. You know, yeah. um, you know, a lot of stuff in, in the show is like analogous to that um, with like a politics and like, the, you know, the space stuff and everything. So that's why I see like a little bit of similarities. It's mm -hmm. amazing to me we know now the legend of Andor as viewers, but the, yeah. the, the universe will not know Andor, you know? Right. So he is not prominently mentioned in any star Wars lore or whatever. Um, but we know it's just crazy to me. He's one of those lost souls that holds the key to a lot of things that happened during the rebellion and everything. Mm -hmm. One of those unknown soldiers that, you know, made a big difference that'll never you know, be in the history books and Handor will never be in the history books. It's crazy mm -hmm. to me 
that this great of a series and everything. And, you know, he's going to go out like he goes out, which is, I guess, just, you know, prophetic because that's just, you know, just, just the type of character Andor is. He is the, the series is about him, but it's about so many other characters in the series. Andor doesn't even get a ton of dialogue during this whole series. You know, um, a lot of the other characters get like a ton of, of, of words to say. And Andor, you know, is pretty much left just holding a bag on driving the pot, you know, driving the plot along and everything. Um, it's it's an incredible way to um to 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 introduce a character who we didn't really think deserve the series i don't I, you know like I, you know what are we what are we doing here and everything and created something special where i hope like the the larger star wars people will just you know eventually accept one thing i did want to touch on ken um you was talking about um the way the 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 empire progresses to when they actually get defeated um and then eventually start reemerging by the time Rise of Scott, you know, right? Um, the Force Awakens comes about. Um, I'm thinking like, how and why do they need to start back up? You know, um, what is going on in society? Like, it's it's a lot of things I'm actually confused about now. You know, like just the whys of of them trying, Tim, them trying to redo. The same storyline that they tried to do in the in the in the in the original trilogy. Well, I, I know, I know, I know, but it just it's not making much sense to me now. You so know, everyone wants to have like <laughs> order. Everyone wants, you know, when things start going off the rails. Okay. And if you hear are hearing a voice that's saying, "Hey, you know what? We're going to bring everything back. We're going to bring back the economy. We're gonna we're gonna give you jobs. We're gonna we're gonna make it better." You know, that's going to be a, a light that you're going to walk toward. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what the initial call out of the of the empire was. We're, OK, things are going crazy. There's there's criminals. There's huts. There's crime there. You know, people are being, you know, subjugated. That people are right. being slay, enslaved. Right. And right. We're, here comes the empire. We're going to we're going to control. We're going to we're going to bring everything back. We're going to make it work. Right, and you know you're gonna like say, yeah, all right, sure, yeah. You know I mean, bring it, bring in, it on. In, that, in that period, yes, it seemed like it makes sense. So when when it all turns to sh it all turns to crap, you know, and you know the empire gets defeated, you know, so democracy starts coming back in the galaxy and everything. Mm -hmm. Why is yeah. the empire coming back? Because the emperor. Oh, great okay. question. Okay. Yeah, great you're question. right. Why would you all of a sudden, DP. after beating tyranny, see yeah. tyranny pop up again? If only we, if only we had some example where a people who had democracy chose tyranny after a crisis. If only there was one precious example in history, DP, that we could go to. It never happens, though. Never has happened before. Ever. So anyway. So anyway, Napoleon is one example of this. Oh, so, so, you know, the strong man that ends the war. And that's why Palpatine gets credit for ending the war. The Civil War is not seen as started by Palpatine. That's all secret. All of it, yeah. that is a secret. So Ooh. Palpatine's peaceful palp. Palpatine, the peacemaker, brings order after being scarred viciously by those heinous, evil Jedi. And it took him 15 years to run out of basically just political goodwill from that. He thought it would be long enough 
to complete like the Death Star, the ultimate death mechanism, and then Giannoso like quit, and it messed up his whole thing. That one dude quitting, which we know is you know what I mean. Like they had to go get him at five years before the action of Andor, or however long that is, right? So the the, the Emperor is in you know is is losing the political tailwind to do the things that he wants to do, and now has to resort to measures that are more restrictive and more you know disruptive to the day-to-day life and it's causing his his people to balk at the new restrictions but they weren't doing what he wanted them to do anymore just because they thought they owed him and some people think they were unnatural these acts right but look this is exactly what eventually happens to everybody that wins the war. Everybody except Franklin Roosevelt, because Franklin Roosevelt knew when to make an exit three months before the end of the war gone. You know what I mean? Nobody, you know, that never happened to Roosevelt, but look at what happened to Churchill in 1945 after VE day, he lost a general election in 1945 after guiding Britain through world war two. So we see this mechanism at play in the Star Wars universe where even Palpatine, who's got everything set up as good as any emperor has ever set anything up in this universe, finds that they have run out of run rate and they have to start burning muscle to get this thing done. Mm-hmm. And and look, this the whole point of this series is that if you have to tell somebody you're in charge, right, you're not in charge. If you have to flux on that, someone, that you, that's a good that's a good point. If you have to make a make a point to tell somebody that you know you're you're the boss, then you're not the boss. Right. For instance, I have to tell my daughter I'm the boss all the time. You're not. So the boss I'm not the boss of nothing. You're not the boss of nothing. And you know what? That's the way it continues through. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is, guys. Yeah, yeah. You know what? She, I'll tell you, I don't talk. I, you know, I, I have Georgie on the show sometimes. We don't talk about it that much, but uh, she came up to me and called me Scott yesterday. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's definitely only child syndrome there, right there. Yeah, but, right. At least it was Scott, not hey you. Yeah, right. <laughs> when it's when it's that, at least it's at least she's using your your proper <laughs> name you know a pronoun when, yeah. when she says like hey you or hey you <laughs> or something else then you might as well pack your bags because you're done oh, oh well ah oh, well i just gotta chalk it up as an l yeah, might as well, right? <laughs> that's the only l we'll get on this show right <laughs> that's yeah. it yeah. just me <laughs> but you know it, it in dp you, you made an interesting point about like why would they basically reboot the the empire to the first order i mean as i watch these shows and see the the retconning of really what star wars is i mean the sequel trilogy is just a reboot of four five and six let's just keep it what it is right it's basically a new version of four five and six if you look at how the movies flow it's literally linear as far as what they try to do poorly done Correct. execution of a reboot because it literally started, as you said, the story over again. Literally the same three times. Forward. And then it did it yeah. three times. They were like, ah, that story, we're telling a different story now. And then the next movie, they're like, ah, forget that first story. It's another story. And then the third time they were like, those first two stories stunk. A whole new story. And we're, we're getting to this point to where these newer projects, as you said, you being kind of a newer fan, it convolutes your mind because you're sitting here thinking like, like you, how can this be? How could it be that bad, right? The more we watch these projects, the more you realize how shit they were. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, your rating, I'm sure, has went down even more, correct? I mean, it, it's a, a lot of stuff doesn't just make logical sense. I understand, too, it's what you're saying. History repeats itself um, in, the, in the way things flow. I mean, things eventually start cycling back around. But in the essence of this story, it, it doesn't make sense to me why everything is happening all over again in um, eight, seven, eight, nine and stuff. You know, um, when they did all this before, you know, <laughs> you know, the galaxy should have been learned, but apparently they they did not. And it and it and the execution, like you said, is just kind of poor. And some of the stuff I'm just still just not understanding. And we don't remember, we don't really see how the first order, or it it's probably imp- improperly named. It should have been called like the second, the yep. second shot. Because yep. we didn't really <laughs> yep. see how that started. started yeah, yeah. Now yeah. that's this, a terrible name for that series, thing. <laughs> we kind of see it. We kind of see how how it started. We see Coruscant. We see the yeah. dis, you know the distrust yeah. the, the distru- distrust that people are having with the politicians, and we do see an opening where there could be a galactic empire that comes in and sort of tries to massage and bring order back because we see a lot of dissension we see a lot of the world's wanting to break off and we're sick of this we don't you know this committee does doesn't they're not they're not representing me or my people anymore right Right. you know so we see that but we didn't see that with the with the first order you know the force awakens we didn't really see how they yeah and 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 since it happened it happened so i'm sure some writer team is going to come and try to retcon that you know make that make sense young um, ben solo adventure <laughs> I, I still can't with that i can't I just, uh, but um, i get it i get it but now that stuff is so you, far away from where we are at andor i mean that's like it if, is, if, it is, if it the is. sequel trilogy was taking place mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. the events of andor would have been in like 1986 mm-hmm Mm. So it would make sense. Is that what mm. you're saying? To, to what I'm it? saying is that I mean, at least that's a long enough time for something to come back around because 40 years is a long yeah, time. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like, but I think you're right about it. Not right. making sense. I mean, my thing is like they blow up all these planets in the sequel trilogy, but they never tell you which ones they are. But it seems like that's where the Republic is. But is the Republic on Coruscant? And who has actually control of Coruscant? And isn't that seen as the legitimate holder yeah. of sovereignty over the galaxies, whoever's holding Coruscant? Or is do you see um, this is my these are my questions and that's probably why i didn't enjoy the sequel trilogy that much i was thinking about that crap that's my I mean, fault i should have been shutting up and watching not enough of the politics are taken in place in the trilogy and they sort of sacrifice that for like more action and you know adventure and stuff which is fine i guess and it made yeah. made, it made disney a, a ton of money you but know that's an overcorrection from the prequel trilogy which was all politics and like too much, you know, and and and, and everybody hated that. I mean, that no, if people, they, they, if you look, if there was podcasts no. from two thousand eight about the prequel trilogy, there would be as much hate for the prequel trilogy as there is here for the, for the sequel trilogy. One hundred percent. But you know what, though, this generation after us, they love the prequel trilogy stuff. You know, well, Dave Filoni has tagged onto that a hundred hours. Of yeah, additional yeah, context, yeah, yes. But yes, now people say, "Oh, wow! If, if George yes. Lucas had actually told a different story, it would have been way better." And now the story that we have is very different because these characters right. that are just right. context brushed right. over are that depth, and we love and we like them. Like Ahsoka's not in those movies. We like Ahsoka because we like that character. 
Mm. You know what I mean? And that has added a lot of depth, not just to Anakin, but to the rest of the Jedi mm. Um, mm. over time. So I, I think it would be a mistake for us to, to judge the sequel trilogy now because mm. there could be a lot of stuff put in there that now makes the sequel trilogy a lot more attractive. Like, oh, well, why are we spending all this time with Luke on this on this planet if you know he's just gonna basically do a, a shadow puppet projector trick? You know what I mean? They can explain why the hell that is. I mean, there's a lot of places they can they can explain why they did what they did or how how they had a, a dagger that had a rubric that was like the shape of the of the crumpled Death Star's dish or whatever on on that like how they made that or how they had that ready to go or, or you know because they couldn't have made that before the Death Star gets destroyed. So, I mean, so this, logically, this, this may may run us over an hour and everything, but mm-hmm. I got a question: What does Star Wars mean after Rise of Skywalker? What is Star Wars after that? What do you Tons. mean? What, what do you is, mean? Like, what is it's, it? Well, the continuation after Rise of Skywalker is the retconning of Rey. I mean, they've already, I mean, there's loose stories about that with Iger coming back, um, you know, and as a touch on that, that's going to change everything. Yeah, and uh, because Star Wars, there's always some, yeah. there's always some conflict. There's always some, it's a new story. It can be anything. Yeah. That's so they're going to show us more of Coruscant. They're going to show us more of the old Republic. Could be anything. Yeah, we got, we have yeah. so much. I mean, we have the old Republic, but to move forward, yeah, there's, there's, you know, Ray's Jedi Academy. The and this will be years in the future, right? So there may not be a quote unquote, um, really Sith Order or like an Empire, but maybe they just hunt, you know, dark side users or something. I mean, there, there's, there's so much more to go Anti-purge. forward. Let alone. Yeah, Ooh. right. The Jedi that, that become was... puritanical and go after the Sith, like like the Sith went after. That sounds think, like an interesting story. I'd buy that. I think we're always yeah. going to see a galactic empire. I mean, I think that's just part of it. That's like, it's just it's just in there. It's in the it's in the recipe, and you can't like if Star Wars was a cake, and you were going to say, "What's the main ingredient you need? You need a galactic empire." You need to have. I, I, I will say, Ken, if, if you're going that route, you just I'm going that make, route. Make, just make it make sense. Make I it will. make sense, you know, because history. Right people get on it; it'll make sense. Okay. Yeah, at least they're continuing to show us that there's fuel and consumables, and it's not, you know, because that was something they really just sort of right. started doing in Last Jedi, uh, which makes sense because there probably should be fuel rules everywhere because of the laws of physics and stuff. Uh, but you know. Uh, I think that's a, that's a, a positive thing that's come out of the sequel trilogy, and now we're talking about kyber crystals as being this powered uh, another power yeah. source, a fuel source. That's another something I really yeah. Uh, that's something I'd like to discuss as far as you know before we get off here. As far as you know, predictions for season two, um, and that's where I kind of that's where this whole Cal Kestis thing comes in. The there has to be some sort of Jedi right because they have to go to Jedi to really harness all the crystals from that planet so we find out in this time frame that where the jedi's own planet because they're basically now and on the run gets overtaken by the empire i mean the palpatine's already there mining the kyber crystals uh basically you know draining that of that resource uh, of the kyber crystals to power the death star so i hope they show the planet or or give us some backstory as to how the laser was formed you know i mean maybe uh Luthen was out there to get the, the large kyber crystal he has. So I'd like to get a little more backstory because we'll hear more of the Death Star of, 
you know, where they got the Kyber crystals. Did they, are they going to tie in maybe some of the canon of the end of the Jedi's really ownership or, or home planet of Jeddah for getting Kyber crystals? That that would be something I'd like to see them explore uh, more yeah, in season you, two. You, you could probably look at it all as checkoffs, like, you know, Kyber crystal, the Death Star at the end, you know, yeah. as, a, as a way of, okay, this is basically what the next season is about to be about the building of like the, the Death Star, you know, um, with a lot of characters playing, you know, um, playing out that. That know? would be super intense if we got us, it got the maybe uh, 70% of the episodes were actually about the, the technological terror, like that, how oh, this was being man. put together. And Just made it like how it's made on the science channel. <laughs> the, panel, the panels are put into place by a spider droid, which uses their connector source and, from slave labor. And that the prisoners me a lot of the uh, twelve hours of, a day of the of the robots that were building the Jedi Temple in in the uh, in Book of Boba Fett. I mean, where they were just taking the rocks and like walk, you know, kind of mindlessly walking them over and building this thing. I mean, construction droids are a big piece of the plot in a lot of the New Jedi Order novels. When yeah. Coruscant gets taken over by the user Vaughn, there's these huge droid-like uh, factories, moving construction factories that would build buildings. And that's a neat, that's interesting to show them use uh, droid factories, even after using human, like manual labor factories too. It's a weird mix of the two. And that's... It, it's, there's a lot of cool stuff. It's almost like if it's almost like because the Death Star has to channel dark side energy, it does a better job if it if human misery is used to construct it, even though it's completely and totally unnecessary in any way and violates all the laws of economics in this universe. It has to be it, right? I, Palpatine, he's an evil little bitch, man. <laughs> <laughs> is he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you haven't said your line yet, so. Hey, I don't like the Empire, man. <laughs> not my it, no, no, it's more like, did I tell you guys that I don't like the Empire at all? <laughs> I told you that, man. Newsflash. Yeah, man. It, this definitely was, was a great way to end season one. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed this show. It's a shame we have to wait a year, but I mean, Whatever. put it this way. I mean, seeing this... 24, we're going to get a lot of things that year, buddy. Very, very, very excited with the Acolyte coming. If this is the new direction of Star Wars, where we're headed, and we talked about it since Rebels, really, right? If Mm -hmm. this is where we're headed, man, like, I'm all for it. I really am. You know, this was a whole new story, a whole new character, right, that we were introduced to. And as I said, this is the way forward. New stories, new characters for us to react to for us to, to really understand and it's not really just us complaining about you know overdone stories or inaccurate stories of previous characters i mean i think they've hit on something they've hit something heavy and something big here and i hope they continue this moving forward as we'll see with ahsoka that's really a newer character right after the comics so it really wasn't a canon character early so as long as they keep these stories going i mean I, i'm excited for what we have to to look forward to um, but yeah guys other than that, um, it looks like we'll be returning with our review here shortly of Tales of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll be giving you guys that as well as um, we got Bad Batch coming up soon. So, you know, it's Ooh, season the clock, two. Yeah, the clock does not stop with us. So definitely, <laughs> as, as everybody said, please uh, make sure you are smashing likes if you're watching us live. Um, Facebook might have just ended. So apologize for that on the runtime. But um, yeah, we really appreciate everybody sticking in with us and 
and really digging into this this episode. I mean, we can honestly go for another hour, but you know, I know we all have commitments and it's and the U.S. Turkey Day for us coming up. So gobble uh, gobble. Hey, gobble gobble gobble. Got to get the kitchen ready and the sweets ready. So um, gonna drink a gallon of gravy tomorrow. <laughs> So some, hopefully we're caring enough because we know Ken will watch um, Rogue One for the twelfth time tonight after we get off. So I just watched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Plus is going to send you an email and be like, "Did you know there's other stuff?" Yeah, yeah, they they've already have. They, we have a whole library about the movie. Like, really, spent a lot of money on it. Do you want to watch anything else? I'm about to suggest it for Ken comes up. How about you don't watch Rogue One again? Like it just automatically comes up. How about you not watch this again? And oh, maybe I can watch. Yeah, this, this, this. Yeah. Oh man. Did you mean Thor two? No. (laughs) Did you mean Iron Man three? No. No. Did you mean Bluey? Okay, maybe. But yeah, guys, I mean, until next week and we come back for Return of the Jedi's, this is the way. This is the way. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>